Welcome back to Round Guy Radio. It's Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa presents high school playoff baseball. And we're on the phone with uh, Sigourney Savages, head coach uh, Lee Crawford. Welcome back to the program, Lee. Hey, thanks for having me, Dave. So uh, uh, the season's over and the playoffs are, are going to start. When uh, Who do you play? When's the first game? Where's it at? What time is it? All that stuff. Um, we are hosting on Saturday. At, uh, we have two games on Saturday. Five o'clock is uh, Melcher Dallas versus Wayne. And then at seven o'clock, we take on uh, Bolton Udell. Bolton Udell. Okay. So uh, what is the, what, what is the, uh, what is Bolton Udell like? Um, right now, I believe they're 0 and 17 and 0 and 18. Uh, they're a fairly young team. I saw the roster as a, uh, a number of eighth graders on it. I think, you know, some of their older kids are probably sophomores right now. Um, uh, stat wise, I, I, it looks like they have two or three guys that obviously put the ball in play on a regular basis. So uh, we really just need to come and uh, kind of, you know, be ready to play and, uh, and, you know, play the game and do it the right way. We've, we've never seen Moulton Udell or played Moulton Udell. So it kind of be a new experience for us. Well, uh, if your team is going to have a poor record like that, I think it's great that uh, a lot of eighth graders have got a chance to play. Yeah, it looks like. I mean, I've, I've known – I've talked to the Moat Udell coach in, the, in years past and their athletic director, and, uh, you know, they've had good teams and good kids in the past, and I think it's just a, a product of some small-town baseball where you, you could have a bigger class of seniors like us and Highland and, some other, and you know, some other schools and um, – you know, they're just in that process and, you know, these hopefully their eighth graders will, you know, stick it out and be there for four or five years and build up their team. So uh, who would you, would you play the winner of that other game then after that? Or Yeah, we would play the winner of Melcher and Wayne on Tuesday, uh, July 5th. Then, and would that be at Sigourney too? That will be in Sigourney. So that's pretty good. Hey, let's talk to the listeners, uh, and I've been forgetting to say this, but tell them how to get tickets online for – you have to get your tickets online for these playoff games. Yeah, you have to get your tickets online. You go to the Iowa High School Athletic Association page, and they have a link there that says tickets. And then you uh, you click on that and click on, I believe, Class 1A, and then you find Sigourney site. And you click on that, and that's where you buy your tickets. Okay, well, that's good. To, uh, that'll be helpful for people. A lot of people don't even know that, you know, when they come to a game. And, uh, yeah, and that, yeah, we we got people that still come up to the gate and don't realize that. And yeah. We do some different things with them, but uh, otherwise, you know, the same thing on the softball side. You have to go through uh, the girls' association and use their ticket people. So, can you get those tickets? I think you can get those tickets on Varsity Bound, can't you? Yep, on Varsity Bound is uh, the girls' softball as well. So that, that's good. Uh, well, you, you, you finished up a pretty solid season. And uh, so uh, who? let's talk about just the playoffs, not maybe this first game, but uh, uh, what are you going to have to do to really advance in this playoffs? Who, who's going to have to perform for you? What's your pitching going to be like? Well, I mean, we, 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 we ended this week. We were 2-1 and one this week. Uh, we had some good moments. We had some bad moments. Uh, I think it really comes down to our kids – you know, kind of getting a chip on their shoulder and being ready, being ready to play. Um, you know, we're, we need to put a little extra time in this week just to review some of our situational stuff that just hasn't, you know, it really just hasn't come up uh, during the regular season. You know, our first and third calls, bunts, you know, early steal stuff. Just we need to review a lot of that. Um, 
you know, and then basically it comes down to, you know, coming ready to play uh, and being mentally focused, ready to play those types of things, I think. And, uh, you know, we're, we can, we're going to have some pretty big games coming up as far as where we're at in the, in the brackets and everything. And, you know, I think our pitching needs to be on point. Um, cause I, w- I would imagine tighter zones coming up. Um, so pitching's, I mean, on point and obviously, you know, the later you get in the rounds, the better pitching you're going to see. So, you know, being, being ready to adjust for that stuff's really going to be a important thing. So are you a two seed in this uh, bracket? We're actually the one seed. Oh, you're the one seed. So yes. So yeah. We're the that, one seed in the bracket. That is, that is outstanding. Who are some of the other teams in this bracket that might give you some challenges? Uh, well, we, we, we talked about Melcher and Wayne, obviously, in the second round. And if you'd be so fortunate to get past them that we would uh, run in, I believe, the winner like a Moravia and a Southeast Warren is on the other side. And then that would be a district final game. And then the other side, the other side of the bracket has uh, New London, Kyoto, Burlington, Notre Dame, Lone Tree, Pekin in it. So some pretty good teams on that side as well. Yeah, uh, I was talking to Jacob Linzendorf of uh, KTVO there, and he mentioned that Moravia has really been playing some outstanding ball. Yes, they have. I've, I've kind of been keeping track of them on uh, varsity bound a little bit and talking to some people and, and just seeing seeing what they've got, what they do. And they sound really similar to us, just they're, they might be a little hotter right now. Well, I noticed uh, in the basketball playoffs, there was a couple really good teams that were out quite early. So, uh you know, everybody's going to have to be on their toes because this is just a one-and-done tournament, isn't it? Yeah, it's a one-and-done tournament, and uh, and you're right, Dave. You know, over the over the years, you're, you'd be surprised, you know, those, you know, the, the four and 15 teams or the teams, you know, beat a team, you beat a team twice during the regular season. It's just, it's a whole new, it's a whole new level because kids know that, you know, this is it, and uh, they, they play at a higher level, and it's not always as easy as some people think, and you know, teams teams start to step up. Uh, playoff time. I talked to a friend of mine over in Wilton this morning, and uh, his team's won three in a row now, and they're heading into the playoffs. And you know, and in actuality, you know, anything can happen. Anybody can beat anybody at this point in time. It's a brand new season. Yeah, that Wilton team. Uh, uh, I used to coach uh, uh, little league, and uh, I had a, a player, and he threw a no hitter for me. And then his his son now plays for Wilton. He just threw a no hitter a couple of weeks ago too. So. Okay, yeah. So I know that that, that they have some talent. Uh, but uh, well, let's go a little bit over who you know who's been uh, who's been providing some offense for you here down the stretch that you're counting on. Uh, you know, kind of the same kind of our, you know our, our senior leaders here. Uh, you know, Cade Molnix, Bo Schmidt, Kate Striegel, Levi Crawford, and Garrison Heine kind of are the, the meat and potatoes of our team right now. And, um, you know, getting them on base is really important. And, um, we've had some younger guys stepping up, you know, in spots, uh, you know, Cole McKay stepping up at shortstop for us. And, uh, Isaac Bruns has gotten some great at bats for us, uh, in the DH role type situation. And, uh, we, we got Ty Schronick coming back from injury. So we're going to see what he can do this week in practice and, and do some things, but really those, the senior, the senior boys, uh, know doing some get they they have to hit and get on base for us to be successful so uh levi crawford and uh uh kate molinex both uh hit home runs i seen recently in the same game didn't they yeah that was against lone tree i believe right yeah 
That was yeah. I was sitting on the beach in Florida and I I was uh, sneaking in some uh, looking up on my phone to see who won what and everything. I don't know why I was uh, so worried about what was going on here while I was down there, <laughs> but uh, but I was happy yeah. to read that and uh, uh, yeah. So uh, how how did the how is is it is the power starting to come around? It seems like there's a lot of teams that are showing a lot of power lately. Yeah, I think just one the weather the weather's kind of playing a factor in some of this and at our field, the way it's situated, we get a good South wind. Um, and that's not saying the wind blew them out, but I mean, they were, they're pretty hard hit balls, but uh, you know, things seem to be heating up a little bit. Kids are a little more focused on what's going on and making contact. And, you know, just like, you know, everything else, you know, you put all the time and effort into a season and, you know, the fruits of all that are kind of coming to a head here and kid, kids are executing and, making things happen. So it's, kind of, it's a very good time, very fun time right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you're playing five, six games a week all the time, it's really tough on your pitching, but it, it, it's very good for your hitters to, to get yeah. all that in. Now, uh, I'm just going to use a, a player as an example of what I'm talking about here. Anthony Rizzo, he played for the Cubs, and now he's for the Yankees. He always, yeah. always feel like he gives you a great at bat, whether he strikes out or grounds out or – no matter what he does, even when he makes an out, he takes sure. a lot of pitches and he gives you a good at bat. Give me an yep. example of someone on your team who uh, maybe was expanding the strike zone at, early in the year and maybe not making as much contact that has has uh, really improved and giving these good at bats, whether they're getting or they're getting on base or not, but they're giving you the good at bats. Well, I guess. We've got a couple examples of that I can give you. One is Garrison Heineck, our leadoff batter. Um, you know, early on, he was like, he wanted to swing a lot of first pitch fastballs. And, um, he wasn't, he, I mean, he was making great contact, but he was getting out. He wasn't getting on. And, you know, then we discussed the role of a uh, leadoff batter. And we want him, we want, you know, him and Levi at the top. We want those guys to see, you know, five and six pitches. We want them to foul off that two strike curveball and work for a fastball or vice versa but uh, those guys have done a great job at the top of the order um, probably one that's really advanced far in that would be Kate Molnix um, you know he's had you know eight and nine pitch at bats uh, where he's fouled off balls and fouled off balls and eventually gets a fastball and drives it to left center so yeah. you know we, we've got a number of different cases of you know they, they started to buy into that concept and um, it's paid off for us in certain situations. Yeah, uh, Scotty Melvin, I commented, you went through about $200 worth of balls there, uh, yeah. Kyoto. But that's what you got to do when you're facing a pitcher like like uh, Clara Han that throws the ball so hard. Well, Clara Han or the Schultz kid, you know, from, you know, Highland, you know, you've got to you've got to do that against those things. The better pitchers, you've got to you got to fight off their pitch and, and try to get yours. So, well, it's, you, just, it's just something we've been teaching. You mentioned bunting and uh I have seen an unbelievable uh, level of uh, increasement of the level of quality bunting that I've been seeing at the games. I barely saw any at the beginning of the year. And then I saw guys struggling to get bunts down. And here lately, I'm seeing guys putting bunts down there. They're impressing me a lot. Uh, who, who, do you, who do you got that can bunt? And uh, how do you think that could help you move runners and win games? Uh, I would guess Garrison Heineck and Levi Crawford can, I think a lot of our kids can probably bunt. It's, it hasn't been part of our, uh, hitting philosophy. Um, 
I have, I probably have some former players listening. It's like, yeah, Mr. Coach Crawford, don't bunt. Um, <laughs> well, that's all right. We, we probably need to do more of it in certain situations. You know, runners on first and second, no outs, one out. We, we probably need, depending on where we're at in the order, we probably do need to bunt more. We just, I've always uh, thought it's better for us to, to hit the ball and may have a make a play or, you know, do something for us to advance the runner. But, um, you know, playoff time, tournament time, whatever you want to call it, you know, probably need, probably need to work on that more. So uh, last time I talked to you, uh, I mentioned I was really impressed with your catcher. Uh, yep. Garrison yep. Heinrich is his Garrison. name. Yep. Yeah, Garrison. yeah. He, he was doing a, a fantastic job for you. And another thing we mentioned, uh, I know you got that Siren in left field and you got Mullinex in center field. And I, I can't remember what your right fielder's name is, but your outfield has been been really doing – what did you say his name was? Uh, right field is Jake Moore and left field is uh, Reed Mullinex. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, you know, they've been doing an outstanding job uh, from what I've seen. Do you, are you comfortable with the, the level of defense you're getting out there? Uh, yeah. I mean, we just need to work on getting the ball in and, uh, you know, realizing what's going on on the infield portion and not holding on to it for maybe so long with a couple of them. But um, defensively, as far as getting the balls and catching balls and getting them, getting them in, you know, we, we do a very good job of that, in my opinion. Well, we're talking with Coach, Coach Lee Crawford of the Sigourney Savages, who's got a, a, a playoff game Saturday and a playoff game on Tuesday if he wins. Uh, you know, I think he'll win the first game for sure. Uh, let's talk about that little second round game. You, who do you think you'll, will come out of that? Well, we just played we just played Melcher uh, last Tuesday at their place. We we won nine to one. Um, we didn't see their number one pitcher. We saw, I believe we saw uh, their two and their three at certain points in the game. And they're, they're a nice little ball club, um, you know, and they had, we, we had to, we had to fight through some certain situations. They had base runners on and two outs and we had to make a play to make sure they didn't score. So, I mean, it was, there were some moments where we had to make sure we threw strikes and do some things. And um, I, I really don't know much about Wayne. They're, you know, an hour and 45 minutes away. So I'd have to do some research on them. I haven't looked into them too much yet. I'm worried about Moulton right now. And once we get past Moulton, I'll start looking at Wayne, Wayne or Melcher. But, um, yeah, I, I think it'll still be a good game no matter what, just like we said, you know, no matter what their record was, no matter what their pitching was, it all gets wiped away and it's a fresh slate. So got to come out and execute. So, well, uh, uh, Let's look a little ahead. Uh, if you do get past them first two two games, do you know uh, who you'll play and where it'll be? Uh, if, as long as we keep winning, Dave, it'll be in Sigourney. Oh, well, because well, you're the number one yeah. seed, so you'll have because the... we're the number one seed, so it'll it'll be in Sigourney. I think they put the the substate game is in Atoma. Um, if we if we'd be lucky enough to get that far. Well, you've been uh, uh, playing some good ball, and you 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 really I think have an excellent chance, uh, and the Playing in Sigourney, man, that, that really gives you an advantage, doesn't it, with all the support that you have? Yeah, I think so. I think we, you know, you know, softball and baseball in Sigourney, uh, during the summer we usually get some pretty decent crowds and people come out. And we've gotten a lot of great support on some of our bigger games, like Highland last night and uh, the Don Bosco game. When we were the only game in town, we, we had some decent crowds. And, um, I think that the community sees – 
you know, our record is 17 and five. And I think our softball team's like 20 and three or something like that. And, uh, both have put great seasons together. And I think our community appreciates that. And it gives them something to do in the summer to come out and watch. Well, uh, when people think of Sigourney athletics, I mean, most people think about the football because it's so, yeah, so yes, big yes, and so prominent. Comes right, yes, but, football uh, comes right to the front, doesn't it? But I am, uh, I was surprised at not just Sigourney, but I mean, I didn't go anywhere where the stands weren't full. You know, high school yeah. baseball is, is way more popular than, uh, than well, uh, the part of, part of the thing I like is, you know, between Sigourney baseball and Kyoto baseball, you got quite a few athletes, uh, quite a few athletes there and if both of us are having great seasons it really really points to a lot of great things probably to come in the fall for uh, sk football so it's always a good that's always a good sign for me you know i've been uh, i was talking with scotty melvin and we were thinking you know since i was the only school they're the only state that plays summer baseball yep and if you were going to recruit uh college players or pro players and you were out there scouting high schools across the country in the spring you'd have 24, 25 teams to look at. And then in, in the fall, you'd have 24, 23 teams to look at. Plus, then if you played fall but baseball, then you'd, you'd have to choose between football and baseball. Or if you played spring sports, you'd have to choose right. between soccer and golf and all. You couldn't, you couldn't participate in all those sports. So, one, you got way more athletes eligible to play and probably not having to choose other sports to play. But, but you have – Basically, all the recruiters can come here and or pay attention to the team. Uh, uh, so uh, I think that's a tremendous advantage for kids to get scholarships. And uh, yep. And uh, another thing I'd like to say, I want to thank you for you and your assistant. You got, t- tell everybody who your assistant coaches are and, and how hard they work and how much they contribute. Uh, my first assistant coach is Aaron Sellers. He's also uh... – He's also an assistant football coach. Um, he, he did some stuff with basketball earlier in his career. Uh, he's, he's actually one of my, when I was an assistant coach, he's one of our former players. Um, he does a lot. Uh, he, he calls all of our pitches. Um, he's the one chalking the field, getting the field ready, all those things. And, um, just a good resource for me to talk to and bounce stuff off of. Um, my other assistant is a volunteer assistant. His name's Bronson Black. He's also a former player, uh, played outfield for us. And he's really, you know, he, he does all of our scorebook stuff. He's helping with the field. He's talking to the kids. He's He's got a good baseball brain on him as well. And, uh, you know, they're just two great fellows to have in the dugout and uh, uh, to, to keep me sharp as far as our baseball and what's going on. Some of the decisions we make are a group effort, not just – People might think it's just me making all those decisions, but uh, usually it's a group effort between the three of us to make sure, you know, we put the right foot forward. So, well, I just want to, you know, thank thank you, thank those coaches for me, and I'm going to thank you personally because I've just, you know, look, basically, men in America are, I don't know, the media kind of despises us. You know what I mean? They just blame us for everything, and they're just such a negative opinion about men in general, in America. But here's what I, here's my attitude about it. Nobody ever became a good, decent man without the examples of other good, decent men. And sure. you, well, you got, and you, you didn't become a good, decent man without examples of good, decent men that coached you sure. and took yep. time with you. Yep. And, and now you're passing that down. And, uh, 
as I interview guys, you know, uh, high school players, and I talk to both men, I see a good, decent man there. You know what I mean? Yep. The kind yep. of guy that you want to marry your your daughter, you know, the, sure. the kind of solid citizens that, that you guys are putting out. And they wouldn't be putting out if it wasn't for wasn't for you. So I well, want obviously, you know, they have they have good dads. They have good dads. All of our kids, you know, there's a good family support by by all of our kids. And then uh, you know, I can go back and you know, my my high school football coach meant a lot to me. I mean, he ended up being an athletic director in, in Boone and Dallas Center Grimes and you know, he he did a lot for me as far as, you know, in high school and uh, my former, my both my former baseball coaches in high school meant a lot to me, and you know the, my one coach was uh, you know a high school history teacher, and you know that's kind of what the path I followed because probably because of him, but you know that they they both gave great examples to me growing up as well as as well as my father obviously, but you know in the coaching world and the teaching world those were two pretty good examples for me. Well, it takes more than just uh, it takes more than just. Uh... You know, just coaches, you know, it takes umpires, which is we're struggling to get umpires. It yeah. takes people to run the concession stands to take the tickets and to, to be the announcers and uh, all that stuff. So it's a huge, huge effort. Every, every yeah, sport. I, and uh, you I guys. Can't, uh, I can't say enough about our ticket takers and our, our concession stand people. They, uh, that that's ran by our after prom committee and they, they go, they go above and beyond, and they put a lot of time into to, to trying to make money off the, the concession stands and putting work in, and making sure we have one. And mm-hmm. Their their job is very much unheralded. Yeah, and uh, all that money goes right back into the program. So right, right back into the kids. Yep. Well, again, once again, we're talking to Lee Crawford, coach of the uh, Sigourney Savages, and he's done a great job leading these young men this year. And he's going to lead them into the playoffs, and they uh, deserve your support. And uh, the one other thing I want to mention, Scotty Melvin and I, uh, you know, did our first play-by-play broadcast there at the Toyota Sigourney uh, game in Sigourney, and uh, yeah, and the numbers for it was just off the charts. So really, yeah, yeah, I think it's the seventeenth highest episode out of four hundred. Uh, I believe okay. this is three hundred ninety-seven episodes. This this episode here, so. Uh, every time we, we talk about Sigourney, every time we talk about Kyoto, every time we talk about Pekin, every time we talk about Mount Pleasant, you know, uh, we get really good numbers. Uh, in fact, uh, the, the first episode I did with the Kyoto Eagles is the eighth highest rated episode I ever did. And the, the second and third highest episodes I ever did were a combination of uh, Coach Jensen and Coach Kavanaugh. Of, uh, I, I just put those two together you know, oh, okay. in, in one yeah. episode and they're the second and third highest rated episodes I've ever done. So that's awesome. But, uh, there's a, there is a definitely a need for this and, uh, there just isn't ability for everybody to, uh, to, uh, do it or to get sure. coverage. And we're really happy to, to being in there and finding that niche. It's really helping us. So thank you so much. And all your listeners and everybody around Sigourney and Kyoto and everybody that's supporting the round guy, the podcast, and we'll, promise you we'll give you some of the best coverage we can give you for the playoffs all right appreciate that well thanks for being on the show is there anything we didn't get to cover no i think we got it all all right well we're about out of time anyway so uh thanks for listening this is round guy radio with news you can use it won't give you the blues and thanks for listening